Kwaba, welcome to Tishler Talks. This is a platform where I, Tishler, have conversations with people from different walks of life who share their thoughts and pass their story thus far. I hope you enjoy. Let's say you have, um, you're going through something like you might mm. go into depression. How would you personally deal with it now? It's hard as well because I wouldn't even know how to approach it with family members. I think with my parents it would be fine, but with my grandparents I wouldn't even know what to say. I think because they had very much of a culture of you just get on with things, you come to a new country, you don't know the language, you're learning everything, you're trying to earn money, you're working 100-hour weeks, and then your grandchild turns around and says that they're depressed when they've had all the privileges that right, okay. you've worked so hard for. How do you understand it? Mm. And that's not the case for every grandparent. I'm sure it's not, but I think personally for me, I wouldn't even know how to right. how to talk about that kind of thing with mine because they're so supportive, which is great. But I think that because when you don't have the word to even express how you're feeling, it, it's really hard. And I think because the concept of therapists or counselling is so alien to them because you just don't talk about things in the South Asian community. You cover it up, so you protect the image of your family. Um, so that's one thing that I, I think I would actually struggle with. Wow. So I guess you probably talk to your friends more than you talk about your family. Though. Yeah, I think that it's so great that our generation is speaking out about more of these issues in terms of like mental health um, and being, it's okay to ask for help. Um, and I think was it, Mental Health Awareness Month, like a couple of months ago. Right, yeah. Okay. So I think that it's really great that um, we're all talking about these issues a lot more and really understanding that um, it's not it's not embarrassing to go and ask someone to help. It's not embarrassing to go to a counsellor. Um, whereas I think that in the South Asian community, it's not really spoken about as much. But I know that actually recently there was an Instagram page set up that's like um, South Asian therapists um, and it's like like a database from all over the world that you can find a South Asian therapist because also I think that another thing that people in the South Asian community perhaps suffer with is the fact that sometimes it's difficult if you have a non-South Asian therapist because maybe they don't understand understand the cultural issues that we go through. So. I think there was like a meme set up or something that white therapists tell you that you should just talk to your family about how you're feeling and you don't do that in South Asian communities like we can't talk to our family about that kind of stuff so I think that that was one thing that it's so great that I'm seeing like these databases and stuff because it means that people can access South Asian therapists really easily Um, whereas before I don't actually know of any South Asian therapists. I didn't. I couldn't oh, even yeah. name you one. So I think that that's another thing that's um, really good that people are starting to speak out about these issues more. That, yeah, yeah, I mean, because obviously it's it's an issue. It's not just um, it doesn't just happen to certain groups of people. It happens yeah. across the across the globe. Yeah, and obviously, like you're saying, if uh, you come to a new country and you don't know anything, it's even more of a reason for you to talk about those things exactly, because yeah. you're all in the same situation. Mm. So something that I may know that you may not know, we can help each other. Exactly. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Wow. I am. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. And um, you also mentioned talk about colorism. Yeah. Uh, in your on your page, could mm-hmm. you tell us what that is? Yeah. The sure. definition of colorism. Um. So colorism is, um, I guess, just the discrimination between. Um, this is a very vague definition. Right. But um, discrimination against those who are, are darker. So especially in the South Asian community, being light is seen as something that's attractive. Um. As and where do you think beautiful. that started from? So. 
I mean, I think it predates colonialism, but definitely when um, the British invaded India or um, started colonizing everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> uh, everything. <laughs> um, uh. It was very much seen as um, Eurocentric beauty standards right. were, um, again, the epitome of beauty. And in terms of... Um, has a lot to do with caste as well. So the caste system in India has been around for centuries and um, those from the higher castes are seen as um, more beautiful in terms okay. of... Caste being what? Caste system. So it's kind of like a feudal system. Again, that's okay. a very vague definition, but right. you have castes in India. So the top castes will be the powerful ones and then all the way down to the untouchables. I don't know if you've ever heard of that term, um, but the outcasts... Um, within India and traditionally the ones from the lower castes would have to work outside and get very dark in the sun but it was seen as a sign of privilege if you were fairer skinned because you would right. stay inside and okay. you wouldn't have to do the hard labour work mm -hmm. um, so unfortunately now um, <laughs> all of these reasons have created this thing or this issue in South Asian communities where um, lighter skin is seen as something that's um, more beautiful. So even in Bollywood, all of the actors and actresses are fair skinned um, mm. and there's a lot of colorism in terms of they will put darker foundation on the actress rather than just get a darker skinned actress to play the part. Um, wow. And then you have a lot of issues as well with actresses um, modeling or doing adverts for skin lightening creams, which is like a billion dollar industry yeah, in yeah. South Asia. Um, not even just in India, in other countries in yeah. Asia, it's really bad. Um, and it's seen as something, well, it's something that's so prevalent. Um, so that is one thing that I've definitely spoken about in Dear Brown What Girl. are your views on that and on the, all of that? I mean, it's it's horrific. I think so obviously you're... you're Class is lighter skin, mm. so um, you can't really relate as much to the darker people. Yeah. But, I mean, you've spoken to darker people. What, what do you think? Um, yeah, exactly. And I think that I have to acknowledge my privilege in having lighter skin um, in South Asian communities because it's something that I was always told stay out of the sun yeah, growing so up, stay yeah. out of the sun growing. You don't want to get too dark. Um, so as a kid, how, what, mm. what, like when somebody said that, obviously I'm guessing that went over your head, but now thinking about it. Yeah, I think you start to internalise it quite a lot growing up because you start to think that, oh gosh, like I need to make sure I stay out of the sun and don't tan, um, which is so ridiculous. <laughs> like it just doesn't make any sense. But I think that definitely for maybe cousins that I have who are darker skinned, it's something that the older generation will make comments on Um and will say, you know, you need to stay out the sun or gosh, you're so dark. Um, so, and I think it's definitely something that I need to acknowledge my privilege on. So I don't want to speak for those who are darker skinned within right. the South Asian community, but it's definitely something that's still so prevalent. Um, and you literally see it with the amount of adverts for skin lightening creams that there actually are still. So, so what would you, like, how would you advise, um, like, what would your advice be to the, the younger, like mm. dark skinned people coming up? who think, oh, hold on a second, I should probably try and bleach my skin. What would mm. you say to them? It's so upsetting to still hear that I know that people still feel that way. Um, and I think that it's really difficult. It's such a difficult issue to talk about. Um, <laughs> but right, I definitely. think that hopefully things are starting to change a bit more. But I think it's such a, a cultural issue that it needs to shift within the way that people think and the way that people view um, 
skin color really and i think that it's not going to change overnight it's going to require um people to just understand that again it's where it comes from like talking about caste issues and colonialism Mm -hmm. it's not happened overnight it's been centuries of imposing these views on south asian communities so yeah, it's, it's yeah. a difficult one. And um, cause you, uh, you also mentioned about um, yeah. uh, which obviously I think you said it means like, um, like what will people think of you? Yeah. So how do you say you've experienced that as a, a growing up and what you've seen around? Yeah, it's like, what will people say? So it's hard because again, with the whole thing of honour and shame, hmm. it's very much like, um, so Jasvinda actually talks about that within her book and her, I think she has a TED talk as well. Um, but she very much speaks about how... Um, when she didn't want to get married it was like well what will people say what will people think of you or even with like people who've suffered with mental health in south asian communities what will people say they'll think you're crazy Mm -hmm. um and it's very much something that's used used by older people like older generations against younger generations to stop the way that they act or if there's something that they're doing that they don't think is traditional or respectful they'll say what will people say um, and I think it's heartbreaking actually because it really like crushes the dreams of Definitely. a lot of um, kids growing up. Um, and I think that I saw this thing and it was it was again just another meme on a South Asian page, but it was just like um, it's like what will people say? But people aren't paying your bills. People shouldn't dictate how they live your life. Okay. Why should you let the views of other people? Mm. Um, impose upon the way that you're raising your child um so definitely I think that that's something that unfortunately it's still around so much but in time yeah. I think that hopefully I would think it would change but it's gonna take a while it's how do you say that's overnight. also um impacted stuff like careers as well because mm. I'm sure certain careers are more looked up and down upon yeah very much like law, um, yeah, medicine, yeah, precisely. So like, <laughs> would, you, would you say um, would you say you studied law for that? Would you say that was a completely different reason? Uh, I think that yeah, I think that was one of the main reasons because it was very much you have set career paths that okay. um, are imposed on you. And don't get me wrong, I've really enjoyed my degree. I've loved it, um, but it's definitely something that maybe I didn't really consider other careers outside of the traditional Asian mm. <laughs> paths that you are think, set um, for you. So let's say you could be a lawyer, but you know, there's people who are, like, who are lawyers and they've also got their own. So let's say mm. um, you were a lawyer, which you are now, but you also wanted to do like a separate career. What would you say that career yeah. would have been if it hadn't been shut Oh, down? wow, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I don't actually know. I think I haven't actually let myself think about it too much, but there's so many little things I would maybe want to do I'd love to maybe get involved a lot more in charity projects especially kind of like the Carmen Ivana charity or things like that I did actually volunteer with the Halo project in university and that's a very similar charity to Carmen Ivana maybe something like that like the non non-for-profit sector Um, or even becoming like a counsellor I think that again discussing issues in South Asian communities was something that I think that because I've done a lot of that on my page that I maybe Mm. would be interested in later life like going back to uni and doing like a counselling course or something like that so because I'm also guessing that um some people haven't been as fortunate as you to you know Mm. um go within that the looked upon uh, career path Mm. like how would you say people have like they've dealt with the backlash from their parents and families I don't think I can really speak upon like how they've dealt with backlash. Um, or what kind of backlash have you seen? Yeah, you I think that 
it's very much seen as when maybe they're doing a creative subject that the older generation don't really understand. It's very much like, well, what are they doing? Like, <laughs> yeah, where, yeah, where is it going to take them? Where are they going to end up? But then again, I think that that's just because the older generation had to do so much surviving. They had to learn survival. So perhaps they only see jobs that are always going to be needed, such as medicine, right. as something that's you should go into because you'll always have a job and that's yeah. it'll give you social standing. Whereas because the creative industry, especially we've seen right now with the pandemic, it it's so hard to find jobs to, to make money Yeah, to find that. jobs in that. And I think that it's so great to go for those things, but I think the older generation don't really maybe understand it as much because it's not as um, of a steady job as maybe something as like, oh, medicine, oh, we'll always need doctors. You should go into that. Yeah. Whereas equally creative jobs are so important for our society. Mm-hmm. and I. But unfortunately, I think that the older generation can't see that as much. Yeah, because I know um, cause I, I know friends who, who are doing degrees, mm. not because they want to, but because they say, oh, I'm doing this because my mum told me I have to do this yeah. and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Because obviously it's like, well, then your parents kind of living your life yeah. through you and yeah. they're not going to be there the whole time. And you're going to be, you're the one who are actually going to be putting the hours in that shift mm. that you don't really want to be. Yeah. It's sad because I think that it happens to so many um, kids in the South Asian community. It happens all the time. Um, and it's really hard to break away from that because, like I said, your family are, it's, are everything. Yeah, it's, it's so not, yeah. how can you at 18 or 16 or however old you are like starting to think about uni and apply to then turn around to your parents and be like, actually, I don't I don't yeah, want to be do a doctor. That. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard. Um, so I think that... It's difficult, but hopefully I think that talking about these issues and getting it out there and I, there's so many pages that speak about issues in South Asian communities online that hopefully people can think that this is my life and mm-hmm. maybe start to break away from the path that has been set from them by their family, but it's really hard. And I know that not everyone is lucky to have had the same privileges and stuff that maybe yeah. I have had. So, yeah. So like, what kind of advice would you, um, you give, um, people who are like, who might want to, who are like, I don't know, they're now applying for university and they're mm-hmm. thinking, mm, I don't really want to do this, mm-hmm. but I feel like I have to do this, but I really want to do something else. What kind of stuff would you say to them to like speaking oh. to their parents and that? I guess I would say that maybe you only, you only have one life. Um, and I definitely think the pandemic has <laughs> <laughs> highlighted that. Yeah. Um, and, it's difficult because it's like, why do you want to be stuck in a job that you're going to hate just because your family have pushed you down that route? And I know some people don't really have a choice to turn around and mm. say to their family, I don't want to do that. So I get it's difficult. But I think if they maybe have the opportunity, they should speak up if they can, because you don't want to be stuck in a job that you don't like or you hate for the rest of your life just because you're worried about what your family and the community would say. Mm. Would you say that, would you rather um, cut yourself away from your family if you had to for your job? (laughs) (laughs) Let's say say you wanted to do um, something creative and your family weren't really into that Mm. and you said, right, I'm going to do this. Mm. I've told them you're going to do, I don't know, um, let's say accounting or something like Mm. that. You're going to do accounting and you actually want to do art and you put down, you're going to put accounting to them, but Mm. you actually end up doing art and they find out and they think, all right, if you're actually going to do this, we'll Mm. cut you from the family, what would you what do you do? Oh gosh. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's so hard. It's difficult because no child wants to think that this is the last time they'll speak to their family yeah. um, or I'm going to get cut off. But it's hard because I know that so many people 
are maybe stuck in jobs that they hate just because they've been pushed down that route their mm-hmm. entire life. But I don't know. I think I'd I'd have to I'd want to follow my own path in life. I think that's the main thing is that you've yeah. always got to stay true to yourself and follow your own path. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was a good question to ask you because yeah. <laughs> it's one of those where do you follow your own path or do you, you know, play it safe and mm. you know stick with your family? Because surely your family should support you regardless if mm. you do the right thing or the wrong thing. They yeah. should, right, it was the wrong thing to do, but mm. we still love you and still support you. Yeah. Because that's the whole part of being a part of the community. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's hard because I love my family so much. So it's it's difficult, but I know that they will largely hopefully be supportive <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. Um, but I think it's difficult because there's a, maybe there is clashes with the older generation and my grandparents on things that maybe they don't understand that I do or I like or the way that I act or dress or cut mm. my hair and stuff. But um, I think that you've got to stay true to yourself that's one thing I've definitely realized from doing Dear Brown Girl is that I'm not the only person that feels this way a lot yeah. of people struggle with um trying to find a balance with living their own life but doing what their family expect of them so um definitely I think that it's difficult but people will figure it out yeah. and I think that's what I'm still doing right now yeah. <laughs> figuring out where to go in life yeah or what's the reaction been um for the page, Dear Brown Girl? It's been really good. Um, so, like, in terms of, like, the people who've, like, seen it and also your family, so talk about the people who've seen it first. Like. Yeah. Um, it's been great because a lot of my um, friends have been really supportive and, like, supported me in, like, getting it out there. But also um, people, obviously, randomers or from all over the world, um, a lot of followers that I wouldn't have... I'd never even thought that I would have got it past, like, 300 followers, to wow. be honest. Um, you're still pretty over a K now aren't you yeah but I I never thought I'd get to that I genuinely didn't think anyone would be interested in what I have to say or put out there Um, and I kind of I think I kind of didn't really know what reception I'd kind of get with it I think I just wanted to do it for myself more first Um, and then it was great that people started to um, To follow it it and share my stuff which was really good Um, and then yeah, I'm proud that I've done it and I'm glad that I have because it was something that I'd wanted to do for a while, but I think maybe I didn't really have the confidence to, but I'm glad I just like went yeah, for it and did it. it. Yeah. And how's like your family taking it as well? My grandparents don't know. I think they don't really understand social media, so right. <laughs> I'm not sure what they think of it. But <laughs> no, like all the rest of my family have been really supportive and especially my cousins as well. Like we kind of all talk about um same thing a lot of them been, have been born over here as well so in terms of like finding that balance between yeah, like wanting to part. like be true to your culture and that kind of stuff but wanting to live a western lifestyle um and I think that we've all kind of shared the same experiences so it's great because they've kind of even recommended stuff that maybe I should talk about um oh, on the okay. page That's so good. it's been great to have uh, that kind of support as well yeah what do you think is the the highest um moment has been so far Ooh. on the page that's a very good question um obviously getting asked to do stuff like this <laughs> yeah, <great>. guess, yeah. <laughs> definitely um but also I think uh getting follow getting a follow from people with like 40,000 followers themselves or wow. having people with a really high following share my stuff um because it's crazy that that they would even notice my page yeah. um so definitely I think those have been the high moments yeah it gives you self like validation for you knew <clears throat> before that your stuff is good and it's um it's yeah and like wanting to carry on with stuff like that um 
And I've had a bit of a break from it for the past few weeks, which I think maybe I needed to take a step back and think about where I wanted to go with the, right. especially like finishing off my master's and stuff. Um, but I've got a couple of ideas in the pipeline. So hopefully be working on that a lot more now. Yeah, so, yeah. And yeah. Um, what do you think the lowest part has been or the hardest mm. part? I think being vulnerable with it and speaking out about um, maybe things that I've gone through as well on my page, because I wanted to... I wanted to have it a bit personal as well. Obviously, I wanted to speak about issues in the South Asian community, but I wanted to maybe share my experiences. Yeah, so make it relatable. Yeah, other girls that were growing up in the South Asian community didn't feel so alone um, in the way that they felt. And maybe if they had grown up in white settings like I had, that they could maybe read one of my captions and think, oh God, this is me too. Mm-hmm. Like I've been through that as well. Um, so definitely I think just being vulnerable with stuff like that because I never really spoke about it that much or how I felt but as I said before university I didn't really appreciate my culture that much so it's been quite difficult for me to share those experiences and do these kinds of things where I can talk about it freely um so yeah it's been those have been like the hard moments but worth it worth it in the end would you say you've become more vulnerable as you got along in general in terms of everything Mm. yeah I would I would say so because I think that I never really spoke about my culture or anything like that as much before and when I got to uni and then Mm -hmm. I started realizing that I'd shied away from things for so long I needed to kind of break down the barriers a bit in myself and um let myself be vulnerable and talk about these things how how hard is it have you found it being vulnerable I find it quite difficult I'm quite a closed off person I think actually at times um but I think it's been good I think it's definitely been something that's been a step forward in the right direction to start to talk about these things so I'm really glad that I have done it and like for those people who are who might read their pages they can oh I can never actually say something like this how would you Mm. say you'd help them to like help them become not even more vulnerable like publicly but Mm. to like their friends and their families to like share their stories I think that it starts within yourself like um I had one girl message me that I knew from school that she said that she was like thank you for setting this up it's made me feel seen and I think that that's the most important thing because there isn't that much South Asian representation in the media and if it is it's very much like a a skewed view like the that guy from the Simpsons and like do you know what I mean in very terms of like um the traditional Indian stereotype of like smelling like curry and I don't know like wearing a dot on your forehead or that kind of thing Mm. whereas I feel like there's so much more to the South Asian experience than that and especially growing up over here so I think it's good that's why I've touched on that within my page and starting to talk about these issues a lot more and I think it was so great to receive messages like that because she was saying that she felt seen and hopefully that will make her discuss maybe these issues with her friends and family Definitely. or like go away and take something from it which is what I I think that I'm glad that people are starting to maybe to pick that. up on those things of because if I can even just make one person feel seen and reclaim their heritage and discuss issues with family and friends then that's that's good that's, that's what aim. the page is for yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you wish you knew before you started a page Ooh. um that's a good question as well <laughs> I think just like general Instagram stuff, I think that it's been good to just, I think stay just, as long as you just stay true to yourself and you're doing the content that you want, you Mm. will gather followers and you will get a following because you have something to say, like, and you should put it out there and just put your own twist on things. Um, But definitely, yeah, I think just 
it's hard as well I think um a lot of pages are really struggling with engagement and stuff like that at the moment but I would say before I started it I think just I would just tell myself to just go for it and just like not care about what other people would say or think of it yeah definitely yeah that's good advice Mm -hmm. so um so you started around like you said April May yeah you've had over a thousand followers so far which is really good so if I come to you five ten years time so exactly as you also finish your degree mm-hmm. five ten years time where should I see you <laughs> yourself your page your life where you <laughs> um I would love to hit over 10,000 followers for the page but that depends whether that's going to happen or not I don't know but hopefully I would say I don't have like a set career path for five years I think that as long as I'm happy within myself and I'm happy with what I'm doing and I know that I followed my own path, Definitely. then I'll have achieved what I wanted to achieve within five years. Wow. So. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lived my own life. Gosh, like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Obviously, coming up from the, the background you have where yeah. you say everything, like you do everything, not for yourself, but to honour your, your family yeah. and the people who are around you yeah. to actually think, actually, I honour my family, but I also won't necessarily put my family for myself. Yeah. I put what I actually want to be doing with my life. Yeah. And if they agree with me, that's great. If they mm. don't, at least I know I'm comfortable with myself. Yeah. I can continue to do that. Exactly. I think that's a really good distinction because just because you're following your own path doesn't mean you don't love your family or you don't um, care for them in the way that they've cared for you. Yeah. I think that that's really important because a lot of people will say, oh gosh, well, she doesn't love her family. She's broken away. She's done. She's followed her own path. But you can still love your family and want your own life. Definitely. You can still love your family and know that there's a path for you that isn't the one that they've chosen for you. So yeah, Just because you yeah. don't agree doesn't mean that it's not for you. Exactly, yeah. 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 Um, for a wrap-up, I'd like to ask you, um, so what would you tell four-year-old Safi today? Mm. Oh. If you could sit her down and have a 10-minute conversation, what would you tell her? <laughs> um that your culture is beautiful and you shouldn't let others make you feel that it's something to be embarrassed about um I would say that it might be a rocky few years but you will love being brown and um knowing that having two different cultures to grow up with is great rather than something that is difficult or like hard to deal with um and I would say that you may not always know it at the time, but things are always going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll always figure oh, out wow. the path that you're meant to be going down. Wow. So, yeah. I'm sure she'd love Deep that advice. Deep words for a four-year-old. I'm not sure yeah. she'd really <laughs> appreciate that. But. She will one day. She yeah. has now. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, have you got anything else you want to say before I wrap it up? Uh, no, I don't think so. Wow. That's everything. Gosh. So that's been episode seven of Tisha Talks with uh, Safi Salt of Dear Brangle. Safi Salt, thank you so much for coming Thank you for having me.